0: This is Beth Center on VCEN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: This is Holden Kushner, host of VCEN's Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers four days a week. I'm going to give you some picks from Colorado and Denver sports teams Colorado State, Colorado basketball. I was doing some Northern Colorado. I hadn't been working out for me too well, so we kind of dumped that. Obviously, the Denver Nuggets, we've got the Colorado Avalanche, the Avalanche, the favorite to win the Stanley Cup uh, Finals, the Broncos, and uh, if we have some baseball, we'll talk about that too. But right now, let's talk a little NBA with my guy from Run Pure Bets, Spread Astaire, who literally has nothing better going on on a Saturday night than (laughs) to talk to me on VEASAN. Thank you so much, Spread, for thinking so much of me or being that bored. How are you tonight, my friend?
3: Yeah, holding just like uh, all the eligible singles in the Denver area. I'm excited to spend a Saturday night with you. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: sure you are. Now, listen, I didn't watch the skills competition tonight in the NBA. You know, whatever skills competition, right? Uh, I did watch the three-point shooting contest where Carl Anthony Towns actually won, and then the slam dunk contest where what did we have? We had. Oh, first round, we had 25 dunk attempts and we had seven made. So <laughs> let's talk, let's go talk through this. First of all, did you watch any skills contests and did you take anything out of it that we can apply to betting for next year? Or are we just going to forget about everything?
3: No, it's just, just to watch, just to have fun. Uh, nothing we can take away from it, but uh, I, I did enjoy it as well. Uh, I'm more of a three-point guy myself, uh, so I thought that one is still pure, still something I look forward to, and it seems like we get the best players in there. So, uh, skills competition, you know, I have it on, but but I kind of lean forward uh, once the three-point competition starts.
2: Oh, I got my butt kicked in three-point competition, my friend. I had Van Vliet, and I had Kennard. And then uh, C.J. McCollum as my long shot. How much has basketball changed when we got a seven-footer in Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point contest? That was remarkable. 18-to-1 spread. What a bet if you hit that.
3: Yeah, and you have to give him credit, right? Because he kind of uh, shook some waves in the NBA earlier this season when he said, I'm the best uh, shooting big man in the history of the game. Yeah. And I started to think. I said, okay, well, if you only make it centers, if you only make it centers, I think that you can, you know, make that claim for Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I wasn't sold yet, but he put another feather in his cap tonight. Uh, What a performance. Hey, you know, if you can beat uh, Trey Young uh, in a three-point competition, you got to give the man credit.
2: Yeah, that was, I mean, it really was impressive uh, what Carl Anthony Towns is doing. And then the slam dunk contest. Um, We were in the break, and I was talking to you. I think Obi Toppin won it, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, Obi Toppin won it, I mean, it was horrible. It, it, it's rough, and we say the same thing every year. It's like a broken record. I complain about it, and then I watch it, and then I complain about it some more spread. <laughs> and this is, I mean, at some point in time, they've got to get some guys in there that are household names, but for now, they're not going to bother with it. We had Cole Anthony wearing Timberlands, uh trying to win a Sam Dunk contest. It, it, it was rough. It was a rough watch, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, what did you, and did you watch it? First of all, and second of all, give me some of your thoughts. Are you as cranky about it as I am?
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I did Holden, and it's something I look forward to every year, right? And I try not to be the curmudgeon and say, "Oh, it was so much better uh, when I was a kid when actual the All Stars actually participated in it, right?" And I'm harkening back to uh, Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan. Those are, you know, some of my favorite contests, right? And now we got guys that are. Struggling to get 10 minutes a game in the contest because the stars don't wanna uh don't want to jump in here. But you know, so I always tell myself, hey, just two years ago we had Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, right? So uh, you know, we've had some great stuff from it. Unfortunately, uh this year was not one of those great years. Yeah, it was a
2: rough one to watch. So let's just move on to the good stuff, Spread. We got the All-Star Game tomorrow, and I always hear people shouting down the NBA All-Star Game. It truly is. That and baseball are the two All-Star games that I actually enjoy. I like offense, okay? I like offense in the NBA. You're going to see it. These guys aren't playing any defense. you got the best players in the world. There's a finite amount of the best players in the world in every sport, but it's a really small pool when you come into the NBA. Do you even bother betting the All-Star game?
3: Me personally, No. For a little while, there was some value on the over, but now that they're putting it around uh, the 300 mark, uh, I'd say that that's gone, even though it it seems to go over every year, no matter what uh, they put the number at. But you know what? The NBA season is such a grind, right? I started in the middle of October, uh, two days off, essentially, right? Thanksgiving and Christmas Eve uh, up until this point. So I'm fine to take a weekend off and just enjoy some basketball as a fan. And I'm with you. I do enjoy watching uh, the All-Star Game. It's kind of the dunk contest that we were talking about. The All-Stars get to go out there and show off their dunks here. It's just not in the same formal setting. Um, So, yeah, I'm not going to bet it, but uh, I can give you a lean if you really want me to. Come on, give me a lean. I mean, you got to go Team LeBron, right? I I don't understand how this guy drafts so well in these All-Star games, but he can't put together a roster for himself in real life. I mean, you look at that team. It's just unbelievable, right? He's got Luka coming off the bench. Um, So (laughs) I really like team team LeBron here, but it seems like the odds makers got it right there about the minus five and a half because this is an all star game. But it'll be interesting to see when they actually start to uh, to buckle down and play some defense usually in the last three to five minutes. A real game breaks out, and we get 43 minutes of showmanship. I'd expect that to be the same. Will that be enough to cover the five and a half? Uh, tough to say, but if I were to lean, I would go with Team LeBron. I just, I'm just i so surprised that he does so well drafted in this one, and then he does inexplicable moves like bring Russell Westbrook uh, into his team and pretty much torpedo this season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Well,
2: spread. I mean, to be honest, this competition, first of all, there's only two teams. And second of all, <laughs> this competition point. is Kevin Durant who wanted James Harden. Okay. So it's not like we're talking <laughs> about the two guys that are the best at building teams.
3: Yeah, that would be interesting. Like Team LeBron versus GM, right? Let's see how Daryl Morey can do uh, in the All-Star yeah. drafting.
2: <laughs> Spread is stare, run pure bets. So it is interesting because you've got the 24-point rule. You got the first three quarters starting at 0-0. You mentioned the final target score. It, it really is an interesting event to bet. Uh, for me, I will bet the total and I will bet the mvp and I'm going to tell you it, when something goes over 13 the last 15 times I think we've talked about this I'm not a big trends guy going back 15 years right you know what does it matter mm. a whole different set of players but it's also more of a it's just a pattern at this point that they're going to go out and score and score and score it's up to 322 and maybe I'm going to hold my breath I got in at 319 and a half and you're probably going to shake your head and laugh at me with that but How do you bet an under? And at this point, right, we have 15 straight years where 13 of those years. It's gone over. How do you not at least look at that and say that's something that I need to get in on?
3: Yeah, like I said, to me, it's over a pass. I can't imagine betting an under in an all star game. That sounds like some of the least fun uh, you, you can do for a Sunday afternoon. You want to bet an under in this All-Star game where these guys are going to take turns windmill in and three-point shots. And, I mean, what was the one year? Steph just lied down so Giannis could dunk over him? I mean, this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't your normal basketball game, right? Even even the Harlem Grove Trotters are uh, impressed with the showmanship that we will see tomorrow. So uh, it's over or past for me. So uh, I think you're on the right track here. And like you said, 13 of the last 15 uh you know, and, and normally we'd say, okay, this trend doesn't matter because the Denver Nuggets weren't the same team 15 years ago. But it kind of just shows you how loose the environment is. Uh, these just guys want to show out, have a great time, and, and it's not as competitive as it was, say, 20 years ago. Do you think it was competitive, though?
1: Because I kind of feel okay. like it was uh, the maybe same Maybe let me thing. take it back
3: farther. I forget how old I am. In the 80s, it seemed like the bragging rights were a little more important to these guys. When okay, it was magic. So like, like, can I say uh most I
2: people mean. are not around that were around in the '80s. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
3: So. It's all right. I remember. <laughs> I remember
2: watching mind. Bird and Magic too. I know. Yeah. We're a couple old guys just talking here about the old <laughs> days of the NBA. I do want to talk to you about the All-Star Game MVP, though. It doesn't seem like it's something you're interested in, though. But for me, I think he's down to plus plus six hundred. He's plus six fifty. You're eating a little chalk here. But how does LeBron not win this MVP on a couple levels? First of all, he's going back to Cleveland. Second of all, he's LeBron James. His team is going nowhere, and he wants to make a spectacle of this. If you're going to win the MVP, you got to score a ton of points. Who's not deferring to LeBron James? LeBron James is my, my choice here. I know Giannis won it last year 35 points, but
3: any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I can't argue with you. You make two very good points that I would say, you know, perfectly sum up your argument. It's like number one, he's back in Cleveland. He's already tried to play it up. He said, hey, you know, Cleveland, the Cavaliers have three all-stars this year. You know, I'm one of you guys, right? So I think he desperately wants to put on a show uh, for his hometown, uh, regardless of whether or not he's left there twice now. Um, And (laughs) uh, the other thing, right, this is pretty much it for him here, right? If he's trying to really uh, pad that legacy, right? And I don't know why... We refer to All Star MVPs as being so important anymore, as we've just talked uh, for for the last three to five minutes, how uh, nobody's really trying and it's more just uh, an open gym type of atmosphere. But for whatever reason, you know, these do matter. The legacies they are brought up, right? Like I saw an old one uh, on Twitter yesterday where they were talking about Larry Bird, and they use the All Star MVP, you know, as an argument as his greatness. So uh, I just do think it matters to them. And, And like you said, I think some of these younger guys will be fine, right? deferring to the older guy. Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys in this game grew up watching LeBron James. So uh, I think it's quite plausible, and I think you have a a pretty good number there.
2: I mean, how old do you feel knowing that LeBron James was the new kid on the block and it was all those years (laughs) ago? But hey, that's what we got to do with spread. You're going to come back, talk to me a little bit more. I want to talk about your approach to betting, and I've got to discuss with you again, Nikola Jokic needs to be the NBA MVP and all the voters want to do on the East coast is say, we've only watched Joel Embiid and he deserves to be the MVP. So we're going to talk MVP race. We're going to talk about how spread handles betting next. I'm holding Kushner. This is bet center on V the sports betting network.
0: This is Bet Center on VSEN, the Sports Betting
2: Network. All right, we'll uh, hit the live betting board in about 15 minutes from right now. Again, the only play I'm on uh, as of right now in game would be Arizona minus three and a half against Oregon. That was an in-game bet, and right now it's 52:47, Oregon on top. 18 minutes to play in that game, but let's return. It is spread a stare from run pure bets He's one of the best NBA betters out there. He was just telling me, reminded me in his recent debut, he came on, he picked up a big win. The Super Bowl went great job, spread a stare. Let's keep it up now. Okay. Let's talk NBA MVP because you're never going to hear the end of it. For me, it's going to be, it's gotta be Nikola Jokic. He's his team is, if you go back through all the great teams of the history of the NBA. When he's on the floor, they're one of those great teams. When he's off the floor, they are worse than the Detroit Pistons. Yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden, how the hell is it that um, Joel Embiid might be running away with this thing? There's not even any Nikola Jokic jerseys at the All Star game in the team shop. Can you believe that? That's how much disrespect this guy gets spread.
3: Yeah, it's unbelievable how he's slipping under the radar again. And once again, it shows, um, you know, as much as we like to tout advanced stats and talk about them, uh, we haven't fully embraced them because he's having one of the best years uh, by advanced stats that we have ever seen a uh, player efficiency rating is just through the roof and it definitely is higher than Embiid. So here comes the issue of it, right? Because, Um, You know there is a little bit of fatigue It almost felt like they they gave it to him in spite of themselves last year like everyone else got hurt and Jokic was the last man standing and they got and they gave it to him. It doesn't seem like they want to give it back but he's having a better season than he did last year which is really surprising to me that he's not getting uh, more accolades now uh, you know obviously everybody likes the new thing and Embiid's been unreal right and if he ends up getting it I'm not going to be too upset um, because what he's doing with that team is unbelievable. But Jokic, like you said, is just carrying. You know these guys. Uh, you know, talk about valuable. When he's not in the game, and you said it, the numbers are just terrible. Be interesting to see as well. Joel Embiid's number when hard is on the floor. How, how much are they going to dip? Uh, you know, a lot of times we especially saw it in Brooklyn, they did make a concerted effort uh, to try and let Harden feel comfortable, uh, get him some shots, and kind of defer to him as the regular season continued. Uh, is that going to hurt Embiid's and, and number? And then, of course, to me, the dark horse is also always Giannis because he's been putting up excellent numbers too. And I could see a narrative if they can end up, you know, making a push getting the number one seed with the Milwaukee Bucks. There could also be a narrative for Giannis. So for me right now, it's a three-horse race. I agree with you. It should be uh, Nikolai Jokic, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of the other two men won it.
2: So is it not? Listen, I got in a 650 and plus 600. It's down to three to one now. Is it a bet you'd even bother making? You're getting, you're, you're getting a nice return to three to one, but it seems as though, at least hearing from you, there is a lot going against him.
3: Yeah, not at three to one. Like I said, you know, when you're jumping in, your hope is that hey, MB decides to let Harden uh, get comfortable and really lowers his usage a lot. Um, you know, and, and that they would be losing during this time this time, right? And then Denver's gonna have to make a push up the standings because I think at the end of the day the voters will default to saying, well, Philly's gonna be in the top three, you know, which is quite plausible. And Denver's here at six or maybe seven in the playing as the season continues. So as weird as it seems, they need Jamal Murray to come back, and I'll be interested to see if Michael Porter comes back. Uh, he tried to play on that hurt back earlier this year; definitely was not the same player. Player, I do. They'll be able to rush him back. But if Murray comes out and Denver makes a run, it could be plausible. But see, there's so many things now uh, that are adding up for it to be there at three to one, at six and a half to one. I really like your number uh, at three to one. I think the value is gone.
2: Yeah. And then what is the, listen, he's having a great year, but what's the case for MB just lay it out for somebody that doesn't even watch much NBA. What's the case here?
3: Um, you probably go some intangibles. Well, you know, Jokic is carrying just a group of inferior players and beads kind of guiding his team uh, through, through uncharted waters. This is the first time I think since 1980 uh, that a player held out so long, uh, obviously a main player, uh, for the team, and then you know, just recently comes into that trade. Uh, but Embiid navigated those waters and was a leader for the team at a time when they needed it. Because let's be honest, Daryl Morey and the Sixers front office was going to get a lot of heat if this team, you know, was in seventh, eighth, or ninth place, and you were quote unquote wasting a year of Embiid's prime, you know. And with him being able to carry the team, I felt that gave uh, Morey some leverage there. Uh, Being able to negotiate on the idea that, hey, we can wait till the summer. This team is still pretty good, uh, and we are going to wait for a hard and solid deal, and he ends up able to get it. So, because of the narrative of him being a leader in what is pretty much an unprecedented situation in the NBA, I think that gives Embiid. Um, you know, a big leg up in some of the voters, some of the narrative. We know this is a narrative award. It's obviously not a numbers award, or Jokic would be uh, the lead candidate because, like I said, you go to all the advanced stats and Jokic is having a better year than he did last year uh, when he won the MVP. So, uh, you know, I, I also think that Embiid is a fun personality, right? Uh, it's someone new. He definitely has fun uh, with being a superstar. He's not afraid to speak his mind. Uh, He you know, even, you know, (laughs) I had to laugh, you know, the uh, where he grabbed the guy from Instagram that said, you know, on my way to my haters funeral the day that Ben Simmons is traded. Right. So he's having a good time with it. He understands social media. He's got a great personality. So I think the voters like him uh, as well as the narrative that he did carry this team through troubled waters.
2: Yeah, it, it, here's the the two other things about Embiid then. He does have the injury history so he has to stay healthy. Okay, that's one. Th- well, the other thing is I'm a Kansas grad. I love Joel Embiid. I actually root for the mm-hmm. guy, but not against Jokic. Jokic is just the better player. It's as simple as that. But I is there any way that the trade for Harden could hurt Embiid? Like if they just take off and a lot of it has to do with Harden, could that hurt Embiid in the MVP race or is Harden coming to town actually going to make the case stronger? for Joel Embiid?
3: Uh, I think there's definitely potential it could hurt him. And it's going to be interesting to see how the usage goes and how much he defers uh, to James Harden. He didn't seem to like deferring uh, too much to Ben Simmons or or Tobias Harris there, right? He doesn't mind soaking up all that usage now, uh, even to the fact that, boy, Tobias Harris, you know, really a big part of that offense a couple years ago, not very involved anymore. Um, Some of that say it's Harris's fault, uh, but of course, when you got a guy who's just dominated down low like that uh, could be some of the reasons. So I'll be interested to see how uh, Embiid, Doc Rivers, and of course, James Harden try to go ahead and fit him into this. It makes sense that this team uh, would want to give Harden a lot of usage, right? They know what Embiid can do. Um, there's no real reason uh, to keep tacking on the mileage, keep tacking on the extra usage. You put, risk that potential injury. You're going to want to get Harden into the offense, not just with Embiid, with the other players, right? Let's get him in some action with Tobias Harris. Let's get him out there with Matisse Tybel Birkin Corkmoss, right? So there is a lot to be said that they might end up you know, taking a lot of usage away from Embiid to try and get Harden installed into the new offense it makes sense it's what i would do uh we'll see if doc rivers does that and hey like i said there there's uh might be a glimmer of hope for Jokic after all because unless murray comes back there's no way Jokic's usage is dipping
2: all right i got about a, a minute and a half to talk to you about something that i could probably talk to you a lot more about and that would be how you bet the nba is it a lot of analytics is it a lot of Feel, is it somewhere in between? How do you bet spread?
3: So yeah, since I'm doing the quick one, starts with the analytics. That is the basis, that's the foundation of your house. You need to build a predictive model, and that starts you off, because a lot of times these lines aren't coming out till midnight the night before or four to five a.m. if you're out here on the West Coast. You don't have that much time to do a deep dive in every game. The analytics are going to say, hey, which ones do I need to go into? Now you need to go through your matchups. Now you need to go through your tape studies. Now you go through your narrative, uh, your fatigue. You know, I know Whale Capper, who comes on here a lot, Drew Dinzik. Uh, He actually has a number for the fatigue. I do it more just mentally and, and keeping a note. But... Uh, a lot of situational aspects go into these games. Uh, you know, another guy at Run Pure Sports, right? Travis Mangone loves the revenge angles as well. Uh, there's so many narratives you need to go into, but you need to start uh, with the analytics foundation and creating your own numbers, trying to find the differences there. That will give you an idea of which games you should take a closer look at.
2: Yeah, it's not easy. Betting in its own right is not easy. And then if you don't have your process, it's almost impossible. You better have a process or you're probably not going to win. Uh, spread a stare. Run Pure Bets. Thanks for hopping on again, buddy. Always good to talk with you, and I appreciate your time and your opinions.
3: Yeah, so much fun, Holden. You know, I can't imagine a better Saturday night than spending it with you.
2: Well, I mean, let's face it. That's a little (laughs) bit of a lie. But thank you, spread, nonetheless. Okay, spread us there. Check them out. Run Pure Bets. Coming up next, uh, I want to check out the college basketball board. Uh, Things looking good right now for the show play with Arizona. And then I want to check out Colorado and Stanford as well. So we got some Pac-12 basketball to lock in on here. So college basketball segment next. My name is Holden Kushner, host of the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It's a Veasan podcast where I bet Colorado and Denver sports teams. If you're ever interested, check it out. This is Bet Center on Veasan, the sports betting network.
0: This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets. And where the money doesn't match the public opinion, data is available for money line, over/under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vSIN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Hey, Holden Kushner, hanging out with you here, host of Vsin's Denver Citycast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers. We have all these uh, podcasts around the country. We've got D.C., we've got New York, we got Chicago, we got one in L.A., we got one in Detroit, and if I'm leaving any of my buddies out, uh, Philadelphia, I apologize if I left you out. But basically, all we do is talk about betting the teams in our state and in our city. Of course, for the bigger events like the Super Bowl, once we get into the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, you're going to get the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going to get all of our thoughts on those as well. But for the most part, we focus on the cities that we are talking about. So check it out. The Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Okay, uh, some things that happened in college basketball today and some things that are happening right now as I speak. So uh, the show play as it stands now. I am 0 for 1 on the, uh, the bets here with Colorado State just getting their butts whooped by UNLV. I mean, it really wasn't even close. But very disappointing performance, by the way. Uh, by CSU, a team that had a chance to be a top twenty-five team, and I still think, come tournament time, they're going to give a team or two some trouble because of their stud David Roddy, who is an NBA prospect, is just an absolute bulldog. But let's go look at the live lines now. Uh, I got them up here at DraftKings. So Colorado, who had trailed by a couple of points, I had seen the line up to Colorado plus four and a half in the first half. Well. Uh, they have turned it on. They're up 53,46 over Stanford. about eight minutes to play in that game. Uh, totals 133 and a half. I don't have a play on either side. I would say this if Stanford gets back into it and I can get Colorado at uh, plus points, I would do it, but it's not looking that way right now as the Buffaloes are up by seven with about eight minutes to play. Washington and UCLA, I hope that nobody backed uh, Washington coming into this game because it is not looking good. If you did, it is 51 to 20, not 54 to 26 UCLA on top 15 minutes to play in the first half. I don't know why you're getting in on this, but if you want to, and you don't think it's, you think that Washington's going to lose by, I don't know, less than 30, fine. You get back Washington at 30 and a half plus 30 and up oh, just went down to plus 29 and a half. If you're interested, Uh plus 29 and a half here for Washington, 133. And a half is the total, 14 minutes left, and as I talked about with this game, the under was looking pretty good. Um, and not only that, just uh, Washington stinks offensively, they just can't score, and they're doing it again. This is what we talk about team totals, betting team totals under in a lot of uh scenarios. And the Huskies, they're just bad, man, they're just bad. They lost three of four. I know that they're 13 and 11 and eight and six in the conference, it's not a good basketball, it's an NIT team. But they're 321st nationally in field goal percentage. They shoot just 40% from the field, and UCLA is holding their opponents to what 40% from the field. A darn good basketball team right there with UCLA. So that's what's going on there. BYU and St. Mary's. St. Mary's up 61-46. We've got 7:44 to play there. 15 and a half is the spread. A game that I was interested in coming into tonight, and it's kind of going the way that. I thought it would go San Diego state is just shredding Fresno state on the road here, 45, 28, 11 minutes to play in the second half. Total is 107 and a half. But again, we get back to a team that plays a ton of defense. You don't want to mess with these teams come tournament time. And I didn't want to mess with it tonight. Uh, Fresno state sitting on 28 points as we are 29 minutes into that game. What a absolutely horrific Performance by them tonight. So that's what we have uh, on the college basketball board. Some great things uh, if you're a college basketball fan today. Illinois went into Michigan State, and boy, the Spartans are reeling right now. Not looking good. They lose the 19th-ranked Spartans, who I don't think should be in the top 25 anymore. They dropped this game to the 12th-ranked, fighting the line of Illinois, 79-74 and Kofi with another big game, 27-9. and Grandison chipped in with 24. Tom um, Izzo is complaining about the refereeing after the game. And I continue to say this. When you're betting college basketball, you know that this is a fact. When you're betting any sport, right, you, you're, you're just hoping that the refs don't decide the game. It happens a lot in college basketball. It happens in every sport, but it seems to happen a lot in college basketball. And I think there's a few reasons for that. So many games, so many teams, so many referees that they're rolling out. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just something that we have to deal with. It's another advantage that the books have over us. We can't control what happens with the referees. I mean, maybe it works out for us once in a while. For the most part, bad calls. How many times have you lost a bet because of bad calls? It seems to happen a lot. Have you won bets as much as the bad? I, you tell me. Uh, I'm not in your brain. I'm just telling you right now. It's frustrating with the referees. Uh, Texas Tech went into Texas today and won 61 uh, Chris Beard now coaching Texas. There were a whole bunch of Texas Tech fans in Austin on the road for this game booing Chris Beard whenever they could. But Texas Tech, hey, don't sleep on these dudes even without Chris Beard. They're 21-6. and six. They are one of the best teams in the Big 12. They are a top-10 team. And for me, they should be a top-three seed when it comes down to it. When we get to the NCAA tournament, uh Kentucky, what did I learn from Kentucky today? Now I'm starting, I'm starting to think, and I know the win at Kansas was big, but it's win over Alabama. Alabama is starting to slide. A lot of expectations on them. They're now 17 and 10 after dropping uh this game to Kentucky 90 to 81. The Wildcats getting another victory, they're gonna be probably number three in the nation. Uh, after what happened to Auburn, and we'll discuss Auburn too. But Ty Ty Washington's out. I mean, two, two of their best players were out today. And what happened? Keelan Grady, who is a Davidson for his college career, he comes over to Kentucky. He hits seven threes, seven of nine for 25 points. I mean, this Kentucky team <sighs> started to scare me a little bit. Starting to scare me a little bit. If you are a college basketball fan, you don't like Kentucky, you should be scared. Because this team is, uh, (laughs) when you're missing two of your top players and then dudes like this are coming off and throwing up 25 points at you, they can beat you with six or seven different guys that can go off on any night. That's scary. Uh, Auburn and Florida. What happened here? What happened to Auburn? This is their second loss now. Two out of three. They lost an overtime game, and they finally lost one in regulation, and that's what happened at Florida. I'm not too worried about Auburn. I think teams go up and down. Everything's undulating, up and down, up and down. Um, did they peak too early this season? I think it's a possibility. I'm still not going to go there, though. They came down, final possession, had a chance to win it. Auburn did. turn the ball over. Florida hangs on. the final score. So the Tigers are now 24-3, 12-2 in the SEC. But again, second straight loss on the road, first loss in regulation. They had lost to UConn and Arkansas in overtime. So at least now they lost a regular season game in regulation. No time to panic about Auburn because they lost a couple of games on the road. But at least the thought is going through my mind. Did Auburn already play their best basketball this season? Did that already happen? Uh, some other interesting games today. Maybe you won't find it interesting. I again, a Mountain West guy here. Wyoming over Air Force, seventy-five sixty-seven. Uh, Air Force is a team that people don't like to bet. They don't think it's a team that was really banged up at the beginning of the year. It's not a very talented team either, but they just slog you down, and they seem to cover. I mean, they were fifteen-point dogs today at the Dome of Doom. In why that's what they call it, the Dome of Doom. What an awesome name for a stadium. Anyways, Air Force losing by just eight, but they play their butts off. And there is something to be said for that. Like the effort level there, the talent isn't there, but they just go out there, they try to defend, they try and lock you down. Uh, today it wasn't enough, but it was enough to cover. Uh, Wyoming did not cover that one at 75 uh, 67, the final score. And we do have two other finals here. Kansas takes out West Virginia 71-58. That's amazing. Again, six of the last nine years heading into today, the Jayhawks had lost at Morgantown. Tonight, Abaji goes for 23 points. Sixth ranked Kansas 71 and West Virginia 58. Maybe West Virginia gets to the NIT at this point. And then Gonzaga did not cover the 22. They beat Santa Clara 81-69. They didn't even come close to covering in this game. In this west coast conference showdown drew timmy with 23 nebhard at 21 bolton added in 18. all right we're going to take a quick break here we'll come back uh guess what i'm going to do i'm going to talk a little colorado sports yeah the state of colorado sports we got the avalanche the nuggets in the Rockies and the Broncos, but hey, you want to find out a bet here? Which team's going to have the best shot of winning here in Colorado? Stick around. My name is Holden Kushner. This is Bet Center on Vison the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VSIN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our Daily Best Bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdown on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so do not miss out. Visit vcin.com backslash madness to sign up today. Okay, Holden Kushner hanging out with you here on bet center i'm the host of the denver city cast presented by bet rivers you get a chance to check it out by all means i'd appreciate it if you do this a podcast vison vison runs it we're sponsored by bet rivers and i bet all the colorado teams i bet uh well first of all college basketball season for me so csu colorado even a little northern colorado there nba with the nuggets we do hockey with the avalanche which i'm really excited about uh we're going to talk about the state of Colorado sports. Maybe it's interesting for you because you're not familiar with what's going on in Colorado. I can give you a tip or two, maybe, huh? And you know, the other thing um, is it's just me, my my wonderful glowing personality and voice. So I mean, why wouldn't you want to check out the Denver City cast? Presented by Bet Rivers. Let's get into this here, though. The state of Colorado sports. Okay. I'm going to read to you and a great job by Ortega, our producer, just you know, coming up with this topic in my wheelhouse. Like, hey, give the guy a break. Let him have some fun here. So which team in Colorado is most ready to win a championship? There's one team I'm just going to tell you right now. We'll throw out the window. The Rockies. Like, Do I even need to talk about the Rockies? First of all, we don't have baseball. So I mean, it's it's tough betting baseball. Maybe that's my angle with the Rockies right now. <clears throat> I can't bet baseball. I can't bet any futures either. When the lockout ends, it's going to go bananas. You're going to have a free agent frenzy. You're going to have trades. It's going to be a shortened spring training. It's really tough for me. Now, some others, and listen, I've seen on Visa, guys, there are guys and ladies that end up betting baseball futures. I'm not doing it right now. I think there's going to be some legitimate reshaping of rosters very quickly. In a shortened spring training, that's going to affect a lot of things. It's a lot of variables that we don't know about. And betting futures to begin with is a tough thing. All I know is this: I have one guarantee. The Rockies ain't winning the World Series. All right, this is a bad baseball team, bad ownership, good manager, and Buddy Black. But don't let's just wipe them off. Let's get them out of here at plus two hundred. Or yeah, just forget about it. I don't want to mess with you guys. Then we go to the Avalanche, and we talked about the Avalanche at length tonight with my buddy Mark Springer, uh, NHL handicapper. They're plus 400. I got in at plus 475. They are the most talented team in the National Hockey League. They have a couple of great goalies, um, Darcy Kemper, the lead, Francois, uh, the backup, uh, Francois, excuse me. And then you go to their talent. Like if you if you're not a hockey fan, have you at least heard of Nathan McKinnon or Miko the Freiko ranting or Kale McCarr? You probably haven't. But this is by far and away the most talented team in the NF in the NHL. I I truly believe that. Here's the issue with hockey. And I do have the futures ticket on the apps. I covered the Washington Capitals on and off for 13 years when I lived in DC. I was a sports talk show host there, doing middays for a long, long time. And the Capitals remind me a lot of what's going on with the Avalanche right now. The Capitals were the most talented team year after year. They had you know, possibly the best player in the game at the time, and Alex Ovechkin it was between him and Sidney Crosby. They had great goaltending. They had everything. And year after year, they would get upset. They'd be the number one seed. They'd get upset by the eight seed. I'll never forget going in there. Gosh, what year was this? Maybe 2009 or 10. Number one seed taking on the number eight seed, Montreal Canadiens. Up three to one, and they blow the series and lose that. This is what I'm saying here. You can be a great hockey team, great hockey team. It takes so long; it can take so long for everything to come to fruition. And it's like that in most sports, but I've just seen it a lot in hockey. Outside of what the Pittsburgh Penguins seem to do, you know, every couple of decades they just get some young stars, they come up, they win a cup or two, things are going well for them. I mean, that goes back to the days of Yager and Lemieux. Um, so way before Sidney Crosby, I've just seen this play out where the most talented teams it takes them years to finally get over the hump, and maybe not their best team. Maybe that's not the one that does it. With everything I just said though, the talent, everything is working for this team. I think Joe Sakic probably makes a pretty big splash move to the trade deadline too. It's not a bad bet at four to one. Um, it's not much off, you know, my my four seventy five. So I wouldn't mind placing a bet. If you place the bet on the Avalanche at plus four hundred, because they are the best option, uh, then you go to the Broncos. Okay, hold on a second. Why are the Broncos twenty to one? Well, the Broncos are twenty to one because the books think Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Broncos. If they weren't, they'd probably be a lot worse. Um, but I, I, I really think at this point, <clears throat> it's still a two to one proposition that he comes here. Uh, I think if we had. You know, alternate universe. One universe he goes to the Packers. The other universe he comes to the Broncos. Everything's set up for him here. Nathaniel Hackett, his old offensive coordinator. I know the Packers signed his buddy to be a quarterbacks coach there. That's fine. Nathaniel Hackett's here. You've got some really good offensive weapons. You got a great defense. <clears throat> you got a team that is a Super Bowl contender. And all you are is a great quarterback weight. Now, a lot of teams are like that. Here's why I don't like this bet though. Here's what I don't like back in the Broncos. Even if they get Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is great. I don't think Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers the MVP. Aaron Rodgers is still not the player that he was. He's extraordinarily efficient. He's a very efficient player. And he also needs a Devontae Adams to be successful. The Packers did him no favors over the years, leaving him without wide receiving options. Uh, it was a little bit interesting, though. It almost seemed like he threw in the towel in the playoffs. He only had one wide receiver catch a pass, not named Devontae Adams. And that one wide receiver was Alan Lazard, and he had one catch for six yards. So is Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. Not at this point in his career. Has he had a better career? Yes. Aaron Rodgers, first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Is he Josh Allen? No. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes do other things. They've still got a stronger arm. Now they can run a lot more. Rodgers ran early in his career. He doesn't do it anymore. So I think the Chiefs and the Bills, right ahead of them, right off the top of my head, I'm not going to get carried away with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, okay? I've seen this play out way too many times. Get a hot young quarterback, get a team that gets hot, they get to the Super Bowl, things work out for them, then we don't see them again for years and years and years. As a matter of fact, there was a great tweet from, I think it was Dan Marino saying, it's all right, you'll get back there. And then Jim Kelly, the old Bills quarterback came in, he's like, yeah, you know, I thought I was going to get back there, too. Listen, I think Burrow's a great young quarterback, but I'm still not going to put the Bengals up there with the Chiefs and the Bills. They are a step ahead. And even if Aaron Rodgers goes there, I still think that they are just a little bit behind the Chiefs and the Bills. 20 to 1. I'm not betting the Broncos there. The last team would be the Nuggets. This would be fascinating. They're 35 to 1 on DraftKings. 35 to 1 To win the NBA Finals. Hmm. Ah, here's how it happens. Now, first of all, they've got the MVP in Nikola Jokic. And I don't want to hear any of you saying it's Joel Embiid. Not on this show. Not on this show. So they got the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic. What else do they have, though? There's no Jamal Murray. There's no Michael Porter. And even if Porter and Murray come back, I don't see Porter being the great third option that we thought he was going to be coming into this year before the injuries, even if Jamal Murray comes back, how long is it going to take Jamal Murray to return to Jamal Murray form? And does it even happen this year? There's still no guarantee that he comes back this year. If you told me that Murray and Porter were going to be clicking on all cylinders with Nikola Jokic, then I would say, you know what? The nuggets to win the NBA finals. I can make an argument for them to do it. At 35 to 1, though, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not going to do it. So it's pretty obvious. The Denver City cast presented by Bet Rivers, we're talking a lot of Avalanche, and there's a reason for that because they are the overwhelming favorites. If the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, it'll be a lot of fun. That'd be cool to cover that team. Do they have a shot to get through the AFC? Yeah, they'd have a shot. Absolutely. They'll have much better positioning, but I still think they'd be the third best team in the conference. The Nuggets? Murray and Porter Jr. aren't here. It's They shouldn't even be in the sixth spot, but Nikola Jokic is that great. When he's off the floor, literally their advanced numbers say they're worse than the Detroit Pistons. It's amazing, isn't it? All right, speaking of amazing, I'm going to take a left-hand turn. I'm going to spend... Uh, a, well, it's not a left-hand turn right now, because Tim Murray from vison is going to join me and then after that i'm going to talk a little baseball next hour baseball golf and next tim murray from vison i think we're both kansas guys i know we both worked in washington dc together be interesting to catch up with him talk some college hoops i'm Holden Kushner. this is bet center on vison the sports betting network